0: Hey, welcome to Hindsight, the podcast. I'm your host, Lee Jones, and I'm thrilled to embark on this journey of exploration with you. We often find ourselves reflecting on the choices we've made and wondering how our lives might have unfolded differently if we had taken a different path. Here's the beauty of hindsight. It gives us a chance to gain wisdom and learn from our past decisions. Look, this podcast is a platform to dig deep into those pivotal moments and uncover the invaluable lessons Hidden within. <laughs> look, I'm Lee Jones, your host, and I couldn't be more excited to have you on board. So let's dive right in and explore the fascinating realm of decisions on Hindsight the podcast.
1: When you look back in hindsight, everything is twenty twenty. In hindsight, you make mistakes, we're learning from the In hindsight, your yesterday and your tomorrow. In hindsight is. Much clearer now This is Hindsight, the podcast And introducing your host, Lee Jones
0: Hey, welcome to Hindsight, the podcast I'm your host, Lee Jones And today, I have with me A true, I'ma say the word domino Nezren Bengra With a master's And did I say that right? Because I didn't ask you all those other ones, Nezrin
1: Yeah, yeah, it's correct Nezrin or Nisrin um,
0: Nezrin Bengra
1: and Nasreen Bangra, it's more French. So Nasreen Bengra, it's more like English. Yes.
0: So uh, so with a master's in marketing from Atlanta University, Nasreen's career has been nothing short of, from my perspective, exceptional. From Abu Dhabi media to being the head of marketing and public relations at the club of His Highness Sheikh Falah bin Zaid Al-Nayan. Right.
1: Correct. Correct. Okay.
0: Naz- Nazreen has orchestrated elite polo polo competition and organized charity events supporting orphans in the United Arab Emirates or the UAE. She's also the mastermind behind the Pink Polo Pink Tour, which raises breast cancer awareness and offers free medical checks to busy women. Notably, Nazreen brought the Centibale Polo Club, an African charity international event to the Gantut Racing and Polo Club in collaboration with His Royal Highness Prince Harry and the UK Palace. You got a lot of Highnesses in here. <laughs> Her journey from engineering to marketing, makeup, fashion, blogging, and phila- philanthropy is incredibly inspiring. Welcome Nazreen. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Lee, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm Nisreen Bengra, and I'm very thrilled to be here today as your guest. And um, I'm so excited to share so many things and life stories that I, um, I lived and other lessons and uh, insights with you and the beautiful audience.
0: Oh, thank you so much. We're, I'm, we're excited as well because, as you see, there were some tongue moments there as I was reading through here, which means that I'm going to absolutely have a learning experience today, just living through your journey and your experiences. So I'm excited to have you as a guest on the show. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> She's like, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so thank we're gonna we're gonna jump really, you know, jump back a little bit because you know we were talking before a few weeks ago, and. You, you kind of brought up some of your experiences as a little girl. You've moved from a lot of different countries and you've had a lot of opportunities to, you know, kind of restart or <laughs> learn things. But can you reflect on your experiences or your experience as a little girl having to flee Algeria for the UAE to escape a civil war?
1: Um, uh, yeah, maybe' I'm um, 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 first um, actually this story I'd love to um to talk about it in short, but I hope to be able to um, inspire a lot of people. I just want to highlight that I had a very happy childhood, and I want to also uh, thank my parents because they um, going through this experience, they never kept speaking negatively about it, trying to protect us as kids and our mental health. Um so um, growing up in Algeria, we had a very stable life. It was a great life, our friends and relatives. And then the uh, civil war began. And uh, as a child, I understood that something was terribly wrong. But um, our parents were like, my, my parents were just trying to say that we might need to leave. Maybe the sad part was when we were actually leaving, because we were one of the families that were like, really families that were targeted due to my father's income because he was working abroad since forever. And uh, we needed to leave the country without saying a goodbye. So um, I, would, I would like to say maybe you will be able to escape the danger of the war. But do you really um, escape the emotional and the uh, mental scars that you get from that? Maybe it's hard. But uh, again, I would say that my parents taught me not to let this as something that would define me and never to feel that I am a victim because they told us we were maybe um, one of the few families that were lucky to escape all of the the sadness or the tragedy that happened during that uh, period of time. But they told me to never look back to understand that this is something that's happened, but we uh, like, we learned to always look forward and um, try to help anyone who needs help. If it was within our capacity. So,
0: yeah. Wow. So well, that's good. It looks like you're, you're, um, and not to downplay the seriousness of what was going on in Algeria at the time, but it looks like your parents definitely had your well being and your, your, you know, your future mental self in their you know, in their minds, in, in the way they approached it, in the way they kind of sheltered you from all of the, you know, what was going on. But beyond that, you, you know, you said you had a happy life and you, you I guess you got out of there without too much incident. Um, but how did those early experiences shape your determination and your resilience? And I'm jumping way forward now in your yeah, career sure. today, because I did read a lot of things and you're doing a lot of amazing Amazing uh, things in your career right now. Um, so did any of any of that, or anything else in your earlier year, kind of you know prepared you for what you're doing now? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's actually true because um, as a child, I uh, I understood at a very early age that change was the only constant, and that um, you have to understand how to overcome things and any obstacle because life is always um, f- full of a lot of challenges and uh, disturbances. So I'm going to just give um, a small example. For example, um, back when I was working in Gantou Racing and Polo Club, overnight, um, the, uh, the top management decided to appoint an uh, ex-military uh, guy mm-hmm. to, to manage us where we are a lifestyle and a sport polo club it's it's totally two different experiences so uh, maybe in the um, like after some time the the club actually turned kind of into a military camp it felt it was very hard for us having a civilian background and uh, so many people couldn't deal with the pressure and uh, they actually left their jobs and they quit but i think uh, i was one of the few that this didn't really affect me because i was able to understand that whatever happens I need to learn how to be, um, to understand it and to overcome it. And I I wouldn't let it shake me and continue to do what I love. So I was adaptable to the situation. I was uh, also like, I I spoke to my parents again because I always uh, give them actually credit because they always, they are one of the reasons that I am where I am today. And my mother was like, it's up to you. Do you want to continue or not? You have to understand his point of view. Okay, he has a military background. You guys are civilians, but you know you have to, to wait things alone. So again, I would say it's not what happens, whether it's at your job or like in life or personal life. It's actually what's important. It's how you... You react to it. So it's up to you. It's your decision. Do you want to see it negative? Do you want to give up? Do you want to be a victim? Or do you want to be strong and try to look at the positive side? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, great lessons there. Uh, sounds like you have some amazing parents. You know, I look at my mom. She gives me um, a lot of inspiration as well. And it's things that you don't really pay attention to when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Right? It's Maybe good. you do. Huh?
1: It's but it's true. Sometimes yeah. even especially when we grow up we start to understand everything that our parents used to tell us and then we understand how it actually shapes us without us noticing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Cuz I remember it wasn't moving from country to country but it was definitely moving from better situations. You were you were born in Algeria, right? Yeah. And then you moved to UAE.
1: UAE, correct.
0: And then you moved to Dubai.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Is that so, correct?
1: Yeah. So um, I was in Abu Dhabi, and then it's like Dubai is in UAE, but there is something that most of the people, residents in UAE, they understand. Dubai is a. It feels like a whole country, alone yeah. with its own system. So right. like Abu Dhabi it's because like every emirate has its own ruler or own sheikh who puts the rule and there is the different culture and different rules for it. Wow. So it's, yeah, so, yeah yeah so so actually even like there is also there is seven emirates right so they they united but m- most of even people when we, uh, when we get tourists, we go like yeah, I'm going to take you to Abu Dhabi or I'm going to take you to uh, Sharjah for example. And they say, yeah, but it's the same country. And we, we go like, no it's different with the rules and the regulations and like even the buildings. So back to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and, and then finally, now you're in Germany.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Could you tell me about your approach? And I, I kind of teetered on this a little bit earlier uh, to adapt into new cultures and environments. And what were some of the challenges you faced during these transitions and how did you overcome them?
1: Oh yeah. I would say um, something that I, I I felt lately when I moved to Germany as an adult, I I discovered that maybe moving from Algeria to UAE um, young, one of my problems was identity crisis. But, as a child i didn't know how to really express that i didn't know the word, and i didn't know what was going on with me and Even when I arrived first to Germany, I felt odd, but I felt like something was wrong, and I came to realize it was actually an identity crisis however it's um, i would I would say it's because maybe okay I, I every time I'm familiar with a place and a culture, I just leave to something I leave everything behind and I leave to the new thing but it really helped me to learn how to fit in. And I think this time when I moved to Germany, it's because I got married and I chose that because maybe it's a skill that I know that I can do it. Like today, I I chose to do that. Maybe in future, I would need to do that because sometimes you even see the refugees here in Germany they really have a hard time to adjust and to um, understand the other culture or accept other cultures. So I think to learn how to fit and would would help you not only um, in your personal life, but also professionally. I would say because like to have the cultural sensitivity, if you wanna excel in a role, um, like excel in a role that has like. Um, uh, it it requires working with the international teams or like um, any other uh, roles that needs to have different nationalities. It would be easier for the person who is able to be open up. So it's good and hard, but it's also like I, I would say it's hard, mm-hmm. but it helped me in so many ways.
0: I'm, I, I tell you what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm super happy. I think I'd be fine, right? But. When you go to these different, and now you're educating me, right? So when you go from from these one, you know, one country to the next, yes, languages.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: like talk to uh, talk about that.
1: Mm. Oh, okay. So at the moment, I speak five languages.
0: Mm. Mm-mm. Yes,
1: uh, I, so um, I speak Arabic, English, French, a little bit of Spanish, and at the moment, uh, German as well. Um it's sometimes I get confused because I want to say a word and I say it in a different language but I feel like every every language has its own culture with it.
0: Right. And it's very
1: very interesting to to actually learn that it's not easy I would say because um Germany is one of the countries that wouldn't let you um get a visa unless you have at least the A1 level as per the law. But um, so I did the A1 level. I was back still in, I was still in Dubai. And then I came here and I did my B1 level and I did some other studies also in the German language. Mm -hmm. So it was hard. I cried. I I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't say I'm not going to be the person who says everything is very easy. I cried. I, so many days I wanted to burn the books, Mm. but but when I got, when I got my <laughs> certificate, I was extremely happy and I was very proud of myself. And every Absolutely. time I, I always like to do things that are very challenging because it's like I try to pu- push boundaries to see how far can I go. And I think if anyone would do that, you will be amazed by the things that you can actually achieve. So, yeah. And, um, just um, something else I would, I would want you to, to highlight. Changing countries or moving to a new um, environment is not always easy. Maybe sometimes people um, check people on the social media or Instagram where they think everyone is having a party. This is not true. There is a lot of hard times. And if you feel sad, it's okay to cry. Crying is actually going to help you to release chemicals. That's going to give you the... Um, feeling good uh, for your both physical and emotional pain. So, yeah, back to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to, you know, you say five languages. I remember going to Puerto Rico. Oh, like a, yeah, a, well, but... look, so here, here it was nice. It was nice. But <laughs> but no, I remember going to Puerto Rico and we went to a shopping area. So it was me and my commander and in first, you know, you know, it was a bunch of us, right? We went to the shopping area. And when you go there, you have to go through it's like paid parking. Right. So you you drive into the parking area, you get a little ticket, and you go and shop, come out and pay whatever, right? So I came out and I could not find the ticket. (laughs) Not you know, and none of us spoke Spanish. Right. So I mean you can you can kind of act it out, but it was kind of funny because (laughs) while we were there this one guy was trying to talk to him and sound it out and and play Pictionary or whatever, right? And he, he just he just stopped, he walked away, and he went and got this young guy, right? <laughs> it's like the one person who can speak a little bit of English oh in, in, in the place. So he spoke and communicated. Mm. And what's funny for me yeah. is that young guy, he came out, he communicated, I was able to get another ticket and able to leave. And he w- he apologized to me Ooh. for his English, <laughs> and I said, "Why are you apologizing? Like you, we've we've done what we set out to do—communicate, <laughs> you know." And I said, "You were, you know, you you speak English, excellent." But my lesson is, you know, if you're going out and you're trying a new language, like you're not going to get it, you know, it's it's if it's not your first language, yeah, you know, very it's very rare that people can master multiple languages and they do and they do right but it's rare
1: but it's yeah it's it's an amazing point i'm gonna add to it once yeah yeah go ahead yeah yeah because um just i just want to highlight a lot of people um say that germans get upset when you don't speak the language Mm
0: -hmm. however
1: the i want to continue the sentence but they appreciate when you try to speak it and no one actually makes fun and no one gets annoyed because first I used to be very um, kind of nervous when I speak um, like wrong German but actually people appreciate it just like you said like sometimes people say I'm sorry my my English is not good or my German is not good and communication is what's really important so yeah yeah, Yeah, back to you
0: I say my my, I told him my Spanish was you know (laughs) it was non-existent right (laughs) (laughs) I can say hello and that's about it, right? No. <laughs> so um yeah, so that's that that's a great lesson, right? And it's just, you know, you go in because you don't want to make a mistake, right? You're you're so successful and good at the things that you're successful and good at. Yeah. And when you go and you try new things, right, it's it's difficult because yeah. you know, you're used to being successful or you're used to knowing everything you need to know. And this is just a lesson in general. So go out there and, and take some shots, you know. <laughs> Get a little bit uncomfortable, right? Because in the end, yeah, you're going to have another skill set in your belt. So, all right. Now we got to talk about something. Uh you know, I, it's a it's a medical diagnosis, right? That you had. So, um, you were diagnosed with MS while you were in college. And and let me ask you another question before I even get to that question. Yeah. Did you ever live in the U.S.?
1: No, but. But um, maybe someday, because me and okay. my husband are, like, fascinated with the country. But go on.
0: And where did you, you – because uh, I want to make sure I got this right. Your master's in marketing.
1: Yeah, because uh, Atlanta University, actually, uh, they got the team, and they created courses in Dubai. So uh, – and then our exams were, like, um, they actually they, – they took them, and they correct them by uh, a team also in U.S., so okay. that's
0: how, yeah. All my right, certificate really?
1: was actually signed by Hillary Clinton. Oh, really? Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> so Hillary Clinton signed off. That's awesome. Yeah. I I, I tell you, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to bring this up because when I got out of the military, the signature yeah. that's on my retirement paperwork is not who I really wanted to sign it. But anyway. Oh. Uh,
1: Oh, oh, my God. (laughs) It's okay. I
0: know, I know. Ah. know. So so you were diagnosed with MS while in college, which is undoubtedly a significant life changing moment. Could you share with uh, with me how receiving this diagnosis affected your mental? It's always about the mental right and emotional Mm -hmm. state at the time and how it may have influenced the choices you've made in your career and your personal life since then.
1: Um, yeah, of course. Um, there is a quote by Charles uh, Swindoll that says that uh, life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how re- we react to it. So I really, until like today, it's it feels like yesterday when the doctor actually told me that I was... Um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and it was kind of like so it's not really well known in UAE I kind of had to go to a lot of hospitals because I had different symptoms and there was no actual doctor that can um, connect everything and realize that there's multiple sclerosis mm. and when I heard the news I remember my parents were with me mom and dad and I was kind of confused and shocked and I wanted to to like understand more. So I'm like, yeah, and like, is it dangerous? Is it not dangerous? Does it have medication? He's like, yeah, there is no no medicine to cure it. So I told my parents, Can you leave the room? I want to cry alone. So I actually took, I I wouldn't say I was super brave, but sometimes you need moments to yourself where you need to take the news alone just to to kind of, you know, so that you you would really understand it. Right. Uh, Let's say 20 minutes later or 30 minutes later, they actually walked again, with the doctor, because I wanted everyone out, and in that 30 minutes, I would say that that news ignited a powerful, transformational power within me. I, I understood, because the doctor was like, yeah, may, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, like, I was, I was, like, around 20 years old, and he said, like, yeah, this multiple sclerosis might give you a sudden death, And I think he shouldn't have said it to me like, directly in my face just like getting like give it to me gradually you know that I'm gonna stay in the hospital for another month so it's like not the first thing that I want to hear and it was late and I was tired and I had double vision so it was really it was not uh, the best moments I would remember and the thing that stayed with me was like sudden death but I couldn't really understand what he means it's like does this mean that I'm gonna have a sudden death within a week or a month and you know there. Now we have like our handies in our hands so we can like our phones, we can like Google things very fast. That was not back then in my time. So so I'm like, okay, maybe I don't have much time, but you know what? I'm just going to make the most out of whatever X time that I have. And my my parents walked in and they found me smiling and I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to read about it. Please mom, get me my laptop whenever you can. I knew that I had to stay admitted there in the hospital, but um, in the face of bad news, our attitude is really a choice. um, Life is full of unforeseen challenges, whether it's a disease or it's whatever, it's an accident or a natural disaster. You you know what I mean? It's like life will keep testing our our resilience. So I understood like, okay, fine. I cannot actually, um, I cannot control this circumstance, but I can control my reaction to it and um, back then also I um, like I I stayed a lot in the hospital and I missed my midterms and I missed so many exams Uh, so when I was discharged my my mom told me so do you want to stop the semester and I told her no uh, can you come with me we'll talk to my uh, my teachers the the professors Mm -hmm. I want to repeat my exams and I work I want to continue I want to continue, like, I don't want to lose my semester. So what? Okay, I'm sick, but now I'm fine. And I was not acting strong. I just didn't want to put myself in a category where I'm going to request everyone else to feel sorry for me or to pity me. I didn't want to be in that category. Right. I wanted to live my life to the fullest. I have a support. I remember I have my oldest sister was actually crying more than me. I cried for like twenty minutes. She kept crying for like maybe six months or seven months every time. Oh, she was wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, like, I go like, I'm fine, you know, I'm still fine. I'm okay. So so I, I think it's like, and I appreciated that I had a supportive family and supportive friends. Like a lot of my friends came to the hospital and I would never um, nag. I just say like, can you bring me juice and chocolate? I decided and I chose. And I think everyone has the power to take, um, to, to choose which lens you use to go on with your life. And I really invite and advise everyone. If you want to see life as a black, gray, sad place, it's going to be all of these negative things. But if you try to make it or try to understand, comprehend what's, whatever is going on, but also choose to be happy. It's not someone that pushes you to be happy. You have to do this for yourself. And um, in the end, I just want to add that, I don't know if you know the, the movie, it's called Yes, Nan by jim carrey where he keeps saying yes to everything he goes to this um
0: to this course
1: so i kind of my life turned into um kind of a yes man where i tried to um i unleashed the power of yes and i my life i did like scuba diving i did things that before i never thought about it it's like i took like before that, that incident, I took my life for granted. And I was like a typical student, oh, I want to go to university. But I felt that sometimes negative stuff or like sad um, circumstances, they can later bring a lot of positive impact depending how you, how you, you decide to deal with it. So, yeah
0: unleash the power of yes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a beautiful lesson and I appreciate you uh reliving you know some of those experiences but I kind of wanted to you know get an understanding of who you were right and how you you know in relationship to who you are now mm-hmm. right and you're very passionate about women's empowerment Mm. And if you could share a specific project or an initiative that you're particularly proud of, which has made a significant impact on advancing opportunities for women, and you were you were really focusing on in the digital space in the digital landscape?
1: Um, yeah. At the moment, I would say that um, back when I was in UAE, maybe it's not the uh, the digital um, uh, like landscape, but it. Um I used to um to lead the uh, pink polo pink tour for the breast cancer awareness every October which is the pink month it's uh, known globally and I used to add with that of course with the approval of the management I had great management and I was I was able to uh, to um, work on a lot of interesting projects to uh, support women. So I'm also, I, I like art and I paint myself and I used to create um, competitions for women with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah, with Pink Polo and I used to manage to get them like a lot of sponsors for that just to give them an opportunity this is a lot of projects. So we got to discover a lot of artists and I used to also provide them with spaces to display their art, to give them a chance. You know, sometimes it's really hard, especially if you're not a professional artist to get a space, it's kind of expensive or you need the connections. But if you're just a new artist, where do you start from? So I tried to, mm, I tried to, and thankfully it, it, kind of like year after year it started to grow and we managed to support a lot of artists and uh, eventually we also got a lot of artists from um, Saudi Arabia so uh, yeah yeah like after uh, around like four years then we started to have um, girls from Saudi Arabia and ISO Talents Oh my God! You like you would not believe that it's and 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 they don't even call themselves professional. And I go like, girl, this is Mona Lisa. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, uh, how how do you just don't ins- underestimate your talent? It's beautiful. So I got to do that. And at the moment, because I I had to relocate, I don't have much of like um. I'm, friends or people or circle here in here in Germany. Yeah. But back in UAE, I have also due to my, my job and I was doing marketing and public relations. So a lot of people know me, maybe even if I don't know them. So sometimes they contact me and um, what I'm, like I've been doing for the past year, Uh, any girl that's having a startup business, if they need any marketing advice, um, like artwork, design, logo creation, I've been doing that and supporting them for free. So it's like just to give them a push and even girls who are trying to do things in the social media due to my, my background. So I, I help them. We do like zoom meetings and mm. it's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. So I think it's like um, many women look at other women as a competition. It's like they, they kind of fight each other where I think if if you look at it differently where you have to be a girl's girl, it's really empowering because you get to learn even from people that you are helping. So it's like it's a it's two ways. You help, but you also actually get help or not get help, you get new information or a new angle or a new perspective from people that you're actually supporting.
0: Wow. All right, so I'm gonna take it I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back really quick because I wanna I wanna touch on the women empowerment yeah. in in today's rapidly evolving digital era. What do you believe are some key strategies or initiatives that can help bridge the gender gap and create more inclusive opportunities for women, especially in the virtual spaces? And I know that's an area um, where you're looking at making an impact for yourself. And I'm assuming for other young ladies as well.
1: Um, that's actually it's um, uh I'm I'm glad you brought this up, and um, I appreciate this question. I think that um, maybe they can start uh, to, um, let's say that there is an opening or a position that's opened. Maybe they can start to consider taking CVs, and this is in my opinion, just my opinion, CVs, without showing the gender and without photo. And this should be a start. Because sometimes, some companies, they prefer to have male. More than having a female, especially when there's an age, like a certain age, like they ask, are you married? Are you thinking of having kids? And these are questions that means we don't want you. Because one yeah, day you're
0: Disqualifiers, yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I would say this is trick questions. And it's kind of, I feel like it's not fair because like, how do you know if the guy that's not going to be pregnant or have babies, if he's going to do the same impact that the other woman that you disqualified would have brought to the company. And I believe that, um, I don't know if you know, like so many firms, they do the um, CSR initiatives. So it's like the corporate social responsibility. And there is a lot of money that goes to sponsor so many events. And I hope that in future, I would see that the, these companies would actually um, teach women tech skills and help them with the digital literacy. So they would teach them more. Sometimes I feel that men um, are better, not all of men and not all of women. This is not in general, but I'm just, for example, if you compare me to my husband, he is better in digital stuff more than me. So Mm -hmm. I think if companies can help um, women that, that really, for example, they need to have uh, certain jobs to support the family if they can get these as um, to be covered by these special firms. And I think also, and I hope, and this is one of the things that I'm planning to work on in the future for the marketing, which is my specialty and advertisement companies. If they can create programs for women who can do social media, but to actually teach them how to do it and hire them to market like to be their employees for marketing because so many women like stay home moms, if you look at the statistics that's showing that in every three um, bloggers, one is actually a mom, but they're trying to learn this alone. So if there's companies that actually can train them on that, train them how to be um, a better influencers, they teach them more about the social media. It's not about just posting a picture and waiting for followers. It's much more bigger than that. If Mm -hmm. they can create programs and um, let's say supports women who cannot afford to pay for that, but actually they can sponsor them to give them a chance to work. And like, let's say, um, I will do this program for you and you can work with me for two years or three years or whatever. You know what I mean? Because I get a lot of questions because I used to have also a page before for social media and uh, blogging. And a lot of girls go like, yeah, I want to do that and I want to do this. But I hope that companies can actually consider doing this for the future. Yeah. Right. If you have any questions, please let me know. I don't know if I'm clear. Sometimes it's very clear in my mind, but like. <laughs> oh,
0: no, you're clear. You're clear. I tell you, a, hey, and even if you weren't clear, I tell you, this is a learning experience for me. <laughs> so you 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 got a lot of different perspectives, and that's what it's all about, right? That's how we all grow as a society and as as mankind, right? It's just yeah. to, you know, appreciate and and learn and you know collaborate and all these other things, right? And be you know point. a much better place. Yeah. Um, and speaking of collaborating, mm-hmm. bringing and you're going to have to explain what all these are. I'm not a polo guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is, but I'm not a polo guy. So bringing the, how do I say it? Cent- Bali, Centibali? Centibali?
1: Yeah, Centibali
0: Polo Centibali Cup. Polo Cup to the Gantu Racing and Polo Club alongside His Royal Highness Prince Harry is quite an achievement. What challenges did you face in making this collaboration a reality? And what did it mean to you personally? Like this is, this sounds like big stuff. Like I said, you got his Royal Highnesses <laughs> all over the place <laughs> in, you know, just collaborating yeah. on a, on a, on a big scale. So, you know, if you can answer that for me, I appreciate you. Thank but you. before you answer, before you yeah. answer, tell me a little bit about the Polo Cup, Ganroot, uh, Gantoot Racing, Polo Club, all of those things as well. Thanks.
1: Yeah, um, so, um, so to start with, uh, Gantout Racing Tracing and Polo Club actually is, the, um, in the region. It, it was the first polo club in the GCC, the, um, and the Middle East. It was established by the late president, um uh, Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan Al Nahyan, the founder of the UAE. And, uh, it's, it was in the region, as I said, uh, for more than 25 years. Uh, I was very honored to have the chance to work there. And uh, as for uh, Santi Bali Polo Cup, it was founded in uh, 2006 by His Royal Highness um, Prince Harry. And um, this is a Polo Cup that happens all around the world. So every time they uh, play in a country, they choose one city and then they don't play in the same country again. So to have them to play in Gantout was like, let's say, first and last time to be present in the UAE. And uh, they are um, dedicated for kids and adults who are um, struggling with the AIDS, um, HIV,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: also to create safe environment to address mental health for this category of uh, people uh, to, to help them and support them. So um, the Santibali Polo Cup, uh, I was working uh, back then for almost three three years, and they were uh, considering United Arab Emirates as one of the countries to uh, have the uh, their uh, polo game there. And uh, then back then we had a lot of media presence and international media presence. So they were in touch with us and I believe other places. And I, uh, I conducted the meeting. I got all the information and I went directly boom to my director. I'm like, there is a big opportunity. And you know it's not only about its media or the uh, the people that were playing but also the value and what they're do- doing for the kids in Africa and that's what mm. what really touched me and to be honest my manager was like all in he's like I love the message I love what they're doing it's great it's amazing give me the information but if it's going to fail it's on you so oh. oh yeah my job was on the line and I was like, "I'm gonna take full responsibility for that um uh, we actually we had a full schedule, and maybe this is one of the challenges because every polo club have um a fixed uh, calendar for like games and competitions, so I had to squeeze the date and we were as a team we were like only a small team with like a few people there, so I kind of had to take care of everything. It helped me to grow professionally and to understand like many things. Uh, as well from uh, a different team that are doing Polo Worldwide and Marketing Worldwide. So, um, but my, uh, I would say my fuel was the good cause that we were working for. I I, I would really, it's like, when you work on something that you really believe on, even if you work 20 hours per day, you get tired, but you get happily tired. So you Hmm. don't complain. And, right. Yeah, so, um, and I also, I told my manager back then, if I can, uh, like, if I can make this a success, I need to also create uh, a new charity, uh, because I, I also, I was really interested to uh, bring awareness for uh, children with autism. So I told him, uh, then we have to create also an event that's going to be locally done for us. To, uh, to also um, like uh, bring light and awareness for kids with autism. So the uh, Santibali Polo Cup was a also success, and then I got also to um, to make my uh, my event for autism. So it was a win-win situation. I was able also to show my manager that I can do it, okay, although I was so many times I used to stay late in the office, it was it was hectic. But it was worth it. So, and of course, to meet Prince Harry um, in person was also a, a great honor. It's like usually we see a royalty in the newspaper or like the YouTube, but like to see them live in front of you, you get you get like two or three seconds. You go like, "Is this real?" And then you go like, "Oh yeah."
0: <laughs> <laughs> then you're back to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah, it's real. So yeah, it's the. Um, and and I remember back then when I was telling my friends that I was working on such a project, a lot of the girls, a lot of like girls in my group, they, they got really inspired. And they're like, Nino, we want to work. Yeah, because most of my friends, they call me Nino, not nasreen So they're like, yeah, we want to work hard. And we want to achieve and we want, and we want. So it's very nice to also like sometimes when you do, maybe you work harder, but you also get to inspire others. It's also a, It's also a happy feeling. So yeah.
0: So speaking of inspiring um can you share just and you you did through this whole episode so I appreciate that <laughs> but now we're just going to target in but can you share some valuable lessons or advice for our listeners especially young professionals who are looking to make a positive impact in their respective fields and their communities
1: Uh yeah of course I I would say um most of people Lee, and uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. They're going to talk about um, maybe education, education, education. But I want to talk about something else, which is, and this is um, for young professionals. It's also your attitude to be an A student, but your attitude is, mm, it's not going to help you to move forward. So... um, Uh, attitude is a valuable tool for you so it's not just your relationship with yourself or with your friends or relatives it's also important for your colleagues and your work your workplace and I got to do a lot a lot of interesting connections and many deals because uh, at a certain time it became clear to me that People are not just drawn to you for whatever products or services that you're, uh, sorry, or services that you are presenting, but also your attitude towards them and towards your colleagues. So sometimes you're in a meeting, but like um, the potential client or client is looking at you and how you're passionate and what's your attitude towards them and how do you deal with your colleagues and how do you deal with whoever uh, other people around you. So... um, so again, a positive and an engaging attitude can can be influential, like it's it's the quality or I would say it's a key ingredient for success. And so many people miss that because I used to go to meetings and um like someone comes and they go like, yeah, we have PhD and we have blah 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 and one million certificates. But the minute they talk, as a human, you cannot connect with them. Then no hmm. works ha- you know what I mean. And and after after some time, I started to understand this more because there was a lot of companies like, let's say, I, I don't want to say like so many companies, let's say Red Bull or San Regis, uh, the hotel or Maserati, they used to request to work with me by name and everyone else in the team, they go like, why? But then I started to understand mm, my other colleague and I used to advise them, oh, my other colleague, he, he's very cold towards them. My other colleague is like, and I start to understand that if you want to work on something beside your professional experience, and I would always say, keep improving yourself and keep taking courses, but also pay attention to your attitude. And of course, attitude and ego are two separate things, but attitude, definitely you can work on it easily.
0: It's it's uh, (laughs) funny. You know, I'm trying to find the right word, but I read... You know, that so I I was in the military. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain way that you conduct yourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got out of the military and I was working for the company that I'm working with now. And mm. I remember I got some feedback um from one of the one of the senior people who were who were there. Mm. And he told me, Hey, um, your personality. Mm-hmm. Not my attitude, right? But my personality, I guess, is a little cold. Cold in the meetings, right? Because you know we used to we used to do customer facing mm. meetings. Yeah. And for me, I was black and white. Oh. Right. I really didn't show <laughs> yeah. emotion. I didn't range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be right there in the middle. i no, you know, no highs, no lows. Mm. But the kind of company that I work for is a sales company. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sales,
0: and so Mm. so I'm not a salesperson, Mm. right? But I'm in a sales company, Mm. and so that attitude, that sense of urgency, that optimism, or that you know, just making sure that that customer knows that I have their best interest at heart, was a piece that I was missing because in in military you just you know you have the meeting and you just give data (laughs) information, (laughs) (laughs) right? And you and you make a decision and you move on.
1: That's true. That's true, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so I hear you say it, and I was like, I should have talked to you a few years ago, and then oh, maybe I'd sh- have been good, right? <laughs> 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 no, but he gave me, he gave me an important lesson, and it, you know, at first it kind of hurt, right? Because I'm like, I'm carrying myself professionally, and you know, this and that, but it was just not understanding the environment that I was in.
1: Yeah, but. But I really, I'm um, um, like, I, I, f- I find this, uh, the, this point very important because I had a boss for a year that was a background of military. And I remember one day after a staff meeting, I went to him alone and I asked him like, sir, why do you hate us? Because as a civilian, I didn't understand that he's just being firm and like he was being professional, but with the environment that he knew forever. But for me, it felt like, because I was a girl working between 100, 200 uh, men. So I was right. the only one that can actually communicate emotions. The other guys couldn't, like they would feel uncomfortable, but they they wouldn't really be able to, to voice that. And he looked at me and he was kind of confused. And he's like, I don't hate you. I'm like, no, not me. I'm talking about me and the other group. Like, what did we do to you? And then he's like, like nothing. And then I, it came to me, I'm like... Like having a civilian background makes us with your military work style kind of we're we're like being confused because (laughs) we take it. We used to take it personal and like I used to be very sad, but then I I started to um, to understand more and like get advice from my parents. But yeah,
0: that that's a key lesson to just in understanding people, because what you understand for the most part is yourself. Mm, mm -hmm. and when people act a certain way and that's not how you act
1: Mm. then
0: you could take it personal you know it's just mm. some people are who they are that's just how they are and they treat everybody like that and if you give some people some grace and maybe just let them know like you did you know hey uh why do you hate us right (laughs) 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 oh So stop judging people is the point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and to try to um take things from their side, like understand when you when like understand why why do people do certain things, and yeah. exactly not to take it personal. That's hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it was crazy. Now thinking about it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, so so what are you working on now, and what can we expect from you in the near future?
1: Yeah so um at the moment I'm uh, writing a collection of short stories um they're drawn from my life experiences and uh honestly I was inspired by the book it's called You Can Win and, um, so you can win kind of false true until now, but the difference of what I'm doing in my book, it has all the modern elements to it. So like Instagram, Tinder, and like other activities that didn't exist like years ago. Uh, so I have, for example, there is a chapter called, um, yeah. London affair, the clutter for happiness, sunset, dreams, and poems choose to shine. So and. There is no direct um, advice in any chapter, so I let the readers kind of like read the short story, and then they conclude the lesson alone, so that it wouldn't be like I'm enforcing. Because everybody reacts differently and learns differently from the same situation, we can be in the same situation. Every everybody will like take different things. Yeah. So this is at the moment what I'm um, what I'm working on. I'm also. Um, preparing for a blog. And I want to also do like a group because it's very popular here in Germany to do um, telegram groups where like women support each other. So I also want to, I I have a team and Mm -hmm. uh, we're actually planning to do something, but to support artists. So we're kind of started to work on a project. It's called Healing Watercolors. So let's see what will happen as well. Of course, and I'm also planning to have like um, like a full-time job just, you know, to, to meet people and to stay sharp and to write emails. I'm so in love with these things as well.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I love emails. Now that's, oh, that's yeah. hilarious.
1: <laughs> I used to write my emails and emails for my team as well. Oh, you have an email written? Let me write that for you. Get away.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. I can um, use you. <laughs>
1: With pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I, I don't know if I can, uh, I just want to add um, uh, something for, for people. Um, I would like to advise them for a couple of things that helped me also along the way in my, in my journey. Uh, beautiful audience. There is a lot of self-help books and they are not expensive. You can read a page per day and it's really going to help you change your life. And there is a lot of nice podcasts as well, like the hindsight, the podcast. (laughs) So put
0: that everywhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because like most of people think that, excuse me. Most of people think that they actually have to go and get a life coach or it's really expensive. So I wanted to say that. There is a lot of people that think that to actually improve your attitude or to work on your um, mental well-being you have to pay a lot of money. But actually life coach if you can afford one or not there is as, as I said there is a lot of uh, self um, self-help uh, self-help books. Sorry. I cannot talk mm-hmm. anymore. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. Or like a podcast. And there's a lot of mobile apps as well. If people want to go to like things like Headspace or Con. there is also YouTube channels like TED Talks. There is um, there is one that is really amazing. And I advise everybody to see it. I don't know if you know about it. It's called The School of Life. So there is a lot of short videos, but they explain things super professionally with some drawings about um it helps to understand other people as well and like from a psychological point of view. And uh, yeah.
0: Back you said that's you. on YouTube?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's called The School of Life. It's amazing. It's super amazing. My friend in Canada actually told me to, uh, to watch it and I like it changed my life.
0: It's Is it in English? Yes, I know yes. It says it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like your friend in Germany told you about it. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in English. There's okay. also the art of um, improvement, but like number one is the school of life.
0: Very okay. yeah, it's very powerful. Nice. Hey, so is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to uh, discuss?
1: Um, I want to maybe. Uh, like also add to uh, to girls who are like trying to have opportunities and to make an income online there is so many apps now that you can do work as like to to have freelance gigs like fiverr there is also websites like appin.com, socialb.com and there is amazon affiliate programs So, so many girls, they don't know from where to start. There is a lot of information on the internet. There is a lot of applications to to do freelance projects. And yeah, because not everyone has the time or the the capacity or the ability to go out there. But I always advise women to feel powerful or um, you can always do something and connect with people. Just don't be lazy and use your time wisely because most of... People sometimes they say, yeah, I don't know where to go. Just search, look it up, ask people. It's okay. You're not going to find the information you need or the opportunities you need quickly. It might take weeks or months, but keep going. Because if you knock a door and there is no answer, it doesn't mean that you just give up and you stop from continuing to search for, for what you're looking for.
0: Hey, so how can the listeners stay updated on your work and get involved in your projects? I'm interested in when your book's coming out. You know, And how can they get involved in your projects?
1: Um, at the moment, um, I have my Instagram page. So it's nino Nina point uh, eighty six, And uh, people can uh, message me there or they can find me on LinkedIn. It's line isreenbengroh so they can find me there. And any woman that needs help or advice, I'm very happy to help and support. And uh, yeah, uh, all the questions are welcome.
0: You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it feels really good. You know, when you meet a person, mm-hmm. right? Either in person or over the phone or over social media, and you just get the feeling that this is a good person, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. how I felt when I, when I started interacting with you. And I just wanted to put that out there. Like you emanate positivity. Thank you. Right. Likewise. And, and yeah, I appreciate that. And it seems, you know, just listening to you now getting to know you a little better, um, understanding your story, it just reinforced that initial feeling. So I really appreciate you uh, from the bottom Thanks. of my heart for joining us today here on Hindsight, the podcast. Your story is is really inspiring, and I'm grateful for your willingness to share it with the listeners thank and you. uh, <laughs> your insights and experience have really enriched, uh, enriched the show. And I'm honored to have you as a guest and hopefully uh, we can, we can set up something more video alive or, or something like oh, that yeah. in the near future. Okay.
1: Yes. So for sure, it would be my pleasure and thank you so much. I hope um, that I was able to inspire uh, people in some way and uh, always ladies and also men, because I like, I would say always keep learning, growing, and pushing your boundaries. And remember that terrain reminds all things to grow. So mm. always stay positive. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: All right. I appreciate you, Nesrin. Until Thank next you. time.
1: Talk Until to next. Thank you. Bye.
0: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Hindsight, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay updated on future episodes packed with inspiring stories. Before you go, leave me a message with your thoughts, feedback or suggestions for future topics. And if you're loving what you hear, please take a moment to rate this episode. Your feedback helps me to grow and reach more listeners just like you. So remember, life's a journey. Stay tuned. Stay curious and keep gaining wisdom through the power of hindsight. Until next time. Oh, and don't forget subscribe, leave a message, and rate this episode.
1: When you look back in hindsight, everything is 2020 in hindsight. We make mistakes, we learn.